your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Monday, very early evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, so today, no video episode just yet. The first uh, one is going to be tomorrow, Tuesday, um, after I get a couple of kinks sorted out. I did not want the first episode video-wise to be today until I, you know, I've talked to a couple people about a couple of things to make sure I'm actually doing this thing right because I have never done a video podcast before. I've only ever done it with audio and where I edit on Audacity and Audition and all that stuff. So um, it's definitely an extra piece to the puzzle with the video stuff, but it's something that I'm very much looking forward to. That's for sure. You now the Penguins snap that losing streak on Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks 4-1 victory. And with that win, they made the Canucks fire Jim Benning and Travis Green. Um, for the teams that, you know, I'm closely aligned with, I guess, you know, I, I went to school at Virginia Tech. I, I cover the Penguins for this podcast. That is now the third time in a week span that a team that I'm closely aligned with, um, they have gotten the other team to have the coach be fired or resign. So the first two happened with Virginia Tech, Virginia, funny enough. So Tech, of course, they beat Virginia like they always do in a football game. And about a few days later, Virginia's head coach Bronco Mendenhall resigns. And then the basketball team for Virginia Tech, they beat Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then just a couple days later, uh, the Maryland head coach resigns because I guess their season was not going that well. And now the Vancouver Canucks owners they fired both general manager Jim Benning and head coach Travis Green. Boost Boudreaux is in there uh, right after the Penguins uh, took care of them in Vancouver. And you could kind of tell that was going to come at some point. A Vancouver Canucks fan threw a freaking jersey onto the ice. Brian Dumoulin, poor guy, had to return it to some lucky fan. I mean, it's just, it was a bad time there in Vancouver. But in terms of that game, we can't not start with Jake Gensel, right? I mean, what a season that he is having right now. I'll say it again. He is easily a top five pure goal scorer in this league. And, you know, the shots that he had against Vancouver, they're not like super hard shots per se, but they're ridiculously accurate. And Jake knows how to pick his spots when he shoots the puck. That is, I think, the biggest trait that he has as a goal scorer and it's so hard for the opposing goalie to track his shots just because he's so elite at finding where the puck needs to go I mean he was the Penguins offense in that game he is now on a 12 game point streak that is the second longest that the NHL has had this season Troy Terry was on a 16 game point streak we'll see if Jake can catch Terry in that regard over these next few games but he was that much needed spark when the Penguins needed him the most. You know, Pittsburgh, it was a 1-1 game. It's late in the second period. You're out playing Vancouver, but Thatcher Demko is doing his thing, just like he did a couple years ago against Las Vegas in the playoffs. And then last year he did all he could. This year he's doing all he can, but it's just not enough. But Penguins, they get multiple five-on-threes because the Canucks decided to be stupid with a couple of calls. And then... They decided to have a delay of game penalty, just like the Penguins did in Game 6 
of the 2016 series against Washington. So it was like, okay, now's the time for the Penguins to put the game away. That is exactly what Jake did. He not only made it 2-1, to one, he made it 3-1 to one and got himself a natural hat trick in that regard. And now if you look at the Penguins' primary points um, getters this year, a uh, minimum of 120 minutes. This comes courtesy of Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Jake Gensel has a primary points per 60 rate of 2.45. That leads the team by a wide margin. Sid is at 2.07. Brian Rust at 1.92. Russ goals per 60 minutes, 1.77. That is by far and away the best on the team as well. The closest player after him, Drew O'Connor at 1.28. Danton Heinen third at 1.21. Then Evan Rodriguez at one. So um, Jake has been not just an elite player for the Penguins this season, but he's been an elite player across the league. And, you know, look at his contract. I mean, this guy makes six million per on a pretty sweet deal. The Penguins were lucky that he signed that deal when he did, because if he were set to hit the open market, say, after this year, like Brian Rust, I would that he would probably get 7.5 8 million per on the open market and honestly peeps I I'd pay him that I mean he's one of the five best pure goal scorers in the league and he produces constantly for this team every year I have a couple more stats to throw at you all for Jake he now has 13 goals for the season 24 points in 23 games uh, a couple other ones he has scored 134 goals in 322 career NHL games. That's good for a .2 goals per game, average of 34 goals a year. I mean, what more can we say at this point about Jake? Is this a player that some weirdos still want traded because he had one kind of meh playoff run? I mean, there were a lot of yinzers over the summer, you know, on sports talk radio shows and message boards and even some people on Penguin Twitter that were asking for Jake to be traded for Matthew Kachuk. And I was just like, I don't know where this talk is coming from or why um, it's coming out all of a sudden, but it's ridiculous just because it was such a small sample size and he's been elite in basically every other playoff series. I mean, it is very hard to score goals in the NHL. There was a few seasons in a row where even Sid was not producing. Did, did people still want Sidney Crosby to be traded after that? He comes out in 2015-16 in the playoffs, plays his butt off, wins a Conn Smythe. 2017 plays his butt off, wins a Conn Smythe again. 2018 he plays fine, but the team is gassed. But overall, you just you can't judge players based on very short sample sizes even after they've had very long stretches of very consistent play, that is what we call reactionary fans. I hate those kind of fans in any sport, any team. They react very negatively when there's just one loss. They react way too positively when there's a win. I understand you're a fan. You love the team you root for. You care. That's totally understandable. But what I want to say is there's a process to a season. It's very long. There's still upwards of four more months of play for this team, and especially Jake Gensel before a hopeful berth in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm sure he's going to keep this up because he's been dang on good this entire season, even after a little bit of a slow start, and I really hope I never see those takes about Jake being traded ever again because he is shutting up those people quite a lot right now. I don't care if he's not physical enough in quotation marks. I, I couldn't give two craps about that to be honest. And some people will point to his high shooting percentage and saying, well, you know, that's going to regress at some point. Not necessarily. I mean, this is a player who is 
He has a 16% shooting percentage for his career. This year, it's 14.6. Last year, it was 16.3. I mean, if he gets up to that, I mean, that's going to be pretty ridiculous because he was at 23 goals and 57 points in 56 games last year. He's already at 13 goals through 23 games this year. Um, He is well on pace to hit over 30 goals and 100% will with the way he is playing right now. So that was my biggest takeaway from that game. When the Penguins needed him most, especially on a power play that has really struggled at times um, on five on threes, I think it's mainly because the top guns are a bit too unselfish. I think they tried to find that perfect play, but you know they're, they're not shooting the puck enough in those situations and they're being too greedy. This time, that was not the case. Jake said, all right, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and give us the lead for good. And that's exactly what he did. One more quick takeaway before we get to a commercial break. Um, this was a very big step in the right direction, I think, for Sidney Crosby. Is it vintage Sid? No, it's definitely not, but I think his timing is improving. Um, I still think he's passing up too many shots. I mean, his, his confidence is still not there, I don't think, but he has nine points in his last five games. He's on a five-game scoring streak and just secured his second, or not second goal, excuse me, his third goal of the season, but he's slowly but surely, he, he's coming to life. We'll, we'll have to see where he is towards the end of the season with all facets of his game. I loved that goal um, that he had in the game to, to make it 4-1. to The redirection from that beautiful Chris Letang pass was awesome. Demko had no chance on that. But again, this was definitely Sid's best game of the season. If he can keep this up, uh, the Penguins are going to be a major problem for a lot of other teams this season because this is the level that we expect to see from Sidney Crosby on a nightly basis. Now, there's still a little more to get to for this episode, including the continued awesome play of Tristan Jari. We're going to preview the game against Seattle coming up later tonight. Josh Yoey spoke with Ron Hextall in a one-on-one interview from The Athletic. We're going to go into a couple of key points that I read from that. And then tomorrow, we will have a full game recap episode of the game against Seattle. But before we do that, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com, compatible device required. Content varies by package. Now, do you want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. It's a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Before you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. One of the things that I love about Indeed, it makes hiring all in one place really easy. You can apply for jobs right on the website, get alerts, or emails, I should say, when someone looks at your application or when an HR person reaches out to you about an application that you sent in to try and get an interview. 
It's all totally awesome. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking all the way to coding. Pick what skills are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talents abilities faster. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12% according to Indeed data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. That's right. It's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. One more time, Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Into some other uh, takeaways from that game against Vancouver. Tristan Jari, he was sharp. You know, it, it wasn't the busiest night. He only had to face 23 shots. Again, the Canucks are just a really horrific team at this point, even though Bruce Boudreaux is taking over them now. But he still was able to get the job done, had 22 saves on those 23 shots. He's gone down a little bit in goals saved above expected, but honestly, it's not really that much. He's still sixth overall at 11.1 goals saved above expected. His save percentage on unblocked shots is virtually... Stayed the same at 964. His expected save percentage on unblocked shots has stayed the same at 953. His overall save percentage is 934 with a 1.92 goals DNC average. There are only five other goalies ahead of him for goal save above, above expected. Jacob Markstrom, Andre Vasilevsky, Sergei Bobrovsky, Igor Shosturkin, and Jack Campbell. So he is continuing his hot streak. I wouldn't be surprised if he does get the night off against Seattle, but with how hot he is right now, I'm not sure why Sullivan would do that other than just because he's been riding him a lot lately. But I think this is a game that Pittsburgh needs just because that will be a 2-1-1 and one and one road trip coming back east to play Washington on Friday, and I really wouldn't want to mess up his mojo. But um, he was sensational yet again made a lot of really big saves throughout the contest and that's just really been the theme for his season right now just when the penguins need him most he's stepping up and making those saves like we really have not been seen before i know he was really good during that all-star season in 2019-20 but what he's been doing right now trumps that and it's really not even close uh, in my opinion that's probably the shortest time that i've spent talking about jari on the podcast this season but i mean what else can you say he's just he's doing his job he's playing his butt off and he's continuing to honestly be their best player outside of Jake Ensel. And, you know, you can make a case for Evan Rodriguez as well. I thought Drew O'Connor was fine. I mean, you didn't notice him too much, but he's still a better player to have in the lineup over someone like Sam Lafferty, who doesn't do anything. Brian Boyle, I mean, he's banged up, so he would probably be in the lineup if he were healthy. But I think at this point, O'Connor is a better option than him. He has a lot of speed for a young kid. He plays well in the defensive zone. He usually is good for at least a few chances each game. He didn't get those against Vancouver, but I would have to think those might be coming against Seattle. So I thought he was pretty good. Chris Letang, it was a bit of an up and down night. He took that really silly penalty early on in the game. I think JT Miller definitely sold it, by the way. Um, And what a player he is. I would love if the Penguins could somehow pry him out of Vancouver. That's probably not going to happen. Anyways, getting back to my Crystal Tang takeaway. I touched on that pass earlier with how good it was to Sidney Crosby. He basically threaded the needle on that and put the puck in the only place it could go. And boom, that's it. It's in the back of the net. Said he gets his third goal of the year. 
But overall, after that penalty, he looked exceptional, had three assists. Um, his defensive work was really good. Um, this is continuing to be a very stellar season for Tanger. And honestly, as he gets older, he might also get younger at the same time because we really have not seen a drop-off in play from him at all this season. So I'm really hoping Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are getting to work on that contract extension for Latang because, again, he's just been magnificent. I thought Pedersen was good. John Marino had a fine game. Brian Dumoulin, you didn't notice him too much, which is fine considering how slow of a start that he's had this year. And I also will say this, I liked the move by Sullivan to take Kapanen off that Zucker and Carter line, and you already saw the dividends because Kapanen just looked much more comfortable next to Bluger. I counted at least three more chances off the top of my head at least that he got on that line that I don't think I ever saw him get on the Zucker and Carter line. So I would keep him there until Evgeny Malkin comes back. I thought Heinen was a really natural fit with Zucker and Carter. I noticed him much more on that line than I did the last couple of games with him down in the bottom six. So I like that change that Mike made, and I'm excited to see how that goes moving forward. Otherwise, this, this was a pretty clean game. The Penguins outplayed the Canucks for the entire 60 minutes, and yeah, woof, they they stink. Um, I, I, was, I will definitely take the L on the take that I had going into this season that I said Vancouver was going to be a playoff team. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, that might be the worst hockey take I've had since I said Rob Scuderi was going to be the piece again back in 2014 when Ray Shiro signed him. So that's where I am at on that one. Now for our next topic, I really enjoyed this piece on The Athletic from Josh Yoey talking to Ron Hextall. This quote right here, I'm not going to give you all the whole story, but um, this was a pretty great quote from Ron, and I think sums up how the fan base has felt this season. He said, It's been a funny year. I've been pretty darn happy for a couple of weeks. Then I haven't really been thrilled for a couple of weeks, and then I've gotten to be happy again. That's just the way it's gone for us all season. Up and down, you're happy, then you're not. I'd like to see some more consistency from this group. I will say that. It's just been a funny season so far. If that is not described... Every single person that has either A, been in my mentions on my personal Twitter account or the Locked on Penguins Twitter account, or every single person that I see tweet on the timeline or any Penguins fan on message board, sports talk radio, um, that I don't know what will, because that has been the story of this season for Pittsburgh. There, there's a lot of really big highs, then there's a lot of big lows, then they go up again and then down, and then now you know they're kind of on the upswing a little bit again after this win against Vancouver. So I just want to thank Ron for having a very measured take there, because that is definitely described this season in a nutshell he also spoke very highly of Mike Sullivan he said I've watched Sullivan coach before but I didn't know him getting to know him though I've seen what a great coach he is looking at look at his timeline here it's a longer timeline for a coach and you might realize especially with the way things have gone for coaches in the NHL lately he's demanding but he's fair he has the perfect attributes to be a good coach you have to be demanding you have to get the most out of your players but you need to be fair and level-headed I've been very impressed by him he's a deep thinker an emotional guy I think he's doing a great job with this team and honestly I 100% agree with him you know I've seen a lot of takes over the last couple of playoff exits that Sullivan needs to be fired but when you really look into why this team exited these last couple of playoff seasons a bit early a lot of it does have to do with the goaltending kind of crapping the bed I mean, especially this year against the Islanders, I definitely am on the train that they would have won that in five or six games if Tristan Jari was at least average in that series. And then in Montreal, Matt Murray was a bit below average as well. 
But these losses have definitely not been because of Mike. He is arguably the best coach in the league. And he really has done a tremendous job this season. With where the team is at right now, the fact that they're even fighting for a playoff spot with how many injuries they've gone through and the COVID situation that they've had, I understand it's not the level that Ottawa has had or the Sharks or the Islanders, but it, it was still pretty freaking bad. And the fact that they're still in a wild card spot right now is nothing short of a miracle. So I really wanted to highlight those two quotes from Josh's story that I saw earlier today. Go check out that article on The Athletic. If you go to the website and go to Pittsburgh, it should be the first article that pops up with a Ron Hextall picture. Coming up in the next segment, or the last segment, I should say, we're going to do a little preview for the matchup against Seattle as Pittsburgh will be in the house to visit a couple of old friends that I know a whole lot of people definitely miss being on this team. Before that, though, BetOnline has you covered all season, and that means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, excuse me, including the NFL's march to the playoffs. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, this holiday season, and it's crazy that it's only a few weeks away, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Those last two are my top two flavors, at least in my opinion. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are very passionate about their favorite flavors. They will fight for it and things could get out of hand. Now, are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings this year. With so many flavors, they would make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Do you want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand as well. Do you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They are light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Now getting into the Seattle Kraken a bit this season, they started off really bad and it looked like, wow, this team was probably going to be a lottery team because Ron Francis did not really know what he's doing. They've kind of woken up a little bit these last 10 games. They've won five of those 10 games. They're nine and 13 and two. So they're pretty far out of a playoff spot. They just haven't been able to be 
consistent this season. I mean, I know they've won uh, three of their last four games. They beat the Panthers on the 27th of November. They took down Buffalo a couple days later. They lost to um, Detroit on last Wednesday, and then last Friday they beat Edmonton by a score of 4-3. to three. So, they again, they've they definitely been a pretty inconsistent team. Um, their underlying numbers are not that good. That goes in line with how Dave Haxtell coaches his team. Um, his teams have never had good underlying numbers. Their expected goals at 49.3%, but they're only cashing in with 42% of the actual goals. The shot attempts for Corsi, 49.8% of those. Their goal differential this season, I'm pretty sure, is horrendous as well. Yeah, it is minus 12. That is second worst in the Pacific Division behind the Vancouver Canucks. It is fourth worst um, in the conference behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Arizona Coyotes, who have a minus 46 goal differential, and then, of course, Vancouver, who I just touched on. Um, If we go to more of their goal-scoring numbers, their goals for per 60, 2.26. I mean, it's kind of eh, but their expected goals for per 60, 2.16. So they're outperforming that, but they really haven't been able to score as much this season. And I know some analytic models were a lot higher on them, coming into this season. I think I saw a couple that had Seattle as the second or third best team in the Pacific. I never saw it like that. I mean, I knew Edmonton was going to be really good. I knew Vegas was likely going to be really good as well. I thought LA was going to make a bit of a run this year. They And they have played pretty decently this season, but I just never was on that Kraken hype just because they don't have that kind of franchise player just yet. I mean, it's their first year. This was never going to be the second coming of the Vegas Golden Knights in 2018. Did some GMs screw up? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously some did, but it wasn't to the level that we saw um, with the Vegas expansion draft where, you know, you have someone like Bob Murray giving away Shea Theodore for free or Dale Talon giving away Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith for free. And then, you know, with Columbus giving away William Carlson for free, he goes on to score 40 goals and all that so that that this was just never going to be that kind of year for Seattle that said Jared McCann since arriving there has been fantastic it hurts my heart to say that but he really has been um, awesome he's actually fourth on the team in points 10 goals 15 points in 19 games Jaden Schwartz is leading the way with five goals and 17 points Jordan Eberle 11 goals and 16 points. The Penguins will only have to see Jordan Eberle two times a year as opposed to potentially eight or nine with the playoffs included. He is always a Penguin killer. Have to be on high alert for him. Yanni Gord, uh, 6.6 goals, excuse me, 16 points in those 20 games. Brandon Tanev, he has been awesome this year as well. 13 points in 24 games. With McCann and Tanev combined, they have 28 points between the two of them and if you combine that with some combination of you know Zucker and Rock McGinn only 18 points if you combine that with say the Bluger and Brock McGinn that's 19 points Kasperi Kapanen along with Dan Heinen that's 23 points same with Zucker that would be 23 points um, he, both of those players have given Seattle, Tanev and McCann, that is some great value this year. And I definitely think Pittsburgh is missing McCann a lot more than what some people realize. And you saw, I don't know if some of you all saw that quote that McCann had to the media this morning. He basically said, yeah, I mean, it was obvious that they didn't want me anymore. I'm happy here. But at the end of the day, you know, it was just, it was obvious that they didn't value me anymore. And he, I mean, he's right. 
It was an unfortunate situation at the time that's only looking more dumb by the day. I think is how I will say that. But you know, this is a big opportunity for Pittsburgh tonight. If they can win this game, they will get to two and one and one on this road trip going back to Washington on Friday. I'm sure they'll go back to Pittsburgh first. But that will be points in three of these four games out in Western Canada slash Seattle. And overall, that will be five out of eight points in this Western swing. So that would just be massive for Pittsburgh. But overall, that will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. This will be the last audio-only version before we transition to video as well. Again, if you don't want to see me in live action talking about the team, I'm not going to hold it against you. You can still listen to the show on Apple or Spotify when your internet is in the greatest or something like that. But again, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for a full game recap of the game against Seattle before the team has four days off until their next game against Washington on Friday. So thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday.